Support for the Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. You go to the cash register, and they have, you know, that's their last chance to get you. And invariably, there's energy drink and, like, a rack of knives. And I'm like, okay, you don't really want someone that energetic (laughs) with sharp objects. And they've eventually got to take them out of the case to sell them to you. And you're standing there with all the money. And I'm like, that's really hilarious to me. I'm Robin Sussingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm, The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. This week, we're singing the praises of the neighborhood convenience store, your go-to stop, whether you need a beanie or a hard-boiled egg. Plus, we've got some advice for aspiring food influencers. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Jeff Houck is a former newspaper reporter and food writer at the Tampa Tribune. Now he's the marketing and public relations director for the Columbia Restaurant Group in Tampa. Jeff has lately become enamored of local mom-and-pop convenience stores around the Tampa Bay area and started documenting them on Instagram in his distinctive pithy and humorous style. You have embarked on this project that got our attention where you've sort of been documenting mini marts kind of 7-elevens would be the generic term for it convenience stores i like to call them convenience stores that's the the gentle term convenience stores of tampa bay and you have done a whole series of these yeah i you know i started doing instagram posts i can't believe i'm doing an interview about instagram posts but i started doing them because i i have this deep fascination for what they offer a neighborhood um especially the independence um you know it's uh it's a reflection of the people who shop there and the people who live around there because if they don't have what you need they don't stay in business you know it is uh it is very much a a reflection of of who their customers are and what their customers want is what they give them because they only have a certain amount of square feet to do that. So they're very, very, very local. Extremely local. Extremely local to a group of, of streets even. Yeah, you know, and it, it's it's funny because you can go um, even within a half mile of each other and find two very different experiences. And, you know, everybody talks about these food deserts where there aren't any grocery stores. Well, these convenience stores in a lot of respects are the filler that help people get through their day-to-day activity. And, you know, if you just happen to need – Uh, pork cracklings and lotto tickets and, you know, uh, a giant 24-ounce can of beer. Well, that's okay, too. That's it. So you just summed it up right there. I mean, (laughs) it may not be everybody's idea of, you know, what should be filling a food desert, but it's what people want. They know their audience. And I, your style in this is is so (laughs) distinctive. You've got this... um, uh, I think of it as sort of a lovingly ironic because you are <laughs> you are kind of looking at it like 
this is funny, but at the same time, you're sympathetic. I, you know, I, I, it is written totally with love and appreciation. Um, running any business is hard, much less trying to figure out what anybody's going to need on a uh, on an impulse basis. Um, but I, I just I love the idea of uh, juxtaposition, you know. And you'll go in one place, and on the same shelf, there's a three pack of toothbrushes right next to a candle for Our Lady of Guadalupe. That makes me laugh. And the choices that go into that, it's not meant to poke fun in any regard. It's just this is what we have to sell. But it is funny. I mean, it is funny to see the winter beanies next to the the big dill pickles. You know what? (laughs) I am am more and more amused. The more stores I go into, you go to the cash register and they have, you know, that's their last chance to get you. And invariably, there's energy drink and, like, a rack of knives. And I'm like, okay, you don't really want someone that energetic with sharp objects. And they've eventually got to take them out of the case to sell them to you. And you're standing there with all the money. And I'm like, that's really hilarious to me. And, okay, just to give people an idea, I can't describe this doll, but so I just want you to read an entry. This is this is called the Make You Happy Food Mart. But I, I have to say, so the, the picture, you do your own photography as correct, well. And the correct. picture to this, it was sort of like make you happy but the happy was kind of like pasted over with another sign or something what if three signs had a baby (laughs) yes okay so will you read that for us sure the first thing you see as you enter wild irish rose fortified wine on a shelf sets the tone and calibrates the senses plastic tipped little and wild cigarillos on the counter patiently waiting for artisanal handcrafted locally sourced blunting (laughs) Nuclear lavender incense sticks nearby are available for masking the blunts in the wild Irish rose. Mismatched sign out front openly mocks the concept of curbside branding. Giant jars on the counter with pickled sausage and pickled eggs swimming in a Kool-Aid pink bath next to a crusty, eternal slow cooker full of Hawks jumbo boiled peanuts. Open the lid and the legumes in their shells look like human cargo being (laughs) smuggled in a ship's bilge. Snack chips themed to rap stars? You bet your boots I left with a t-shirt bag full of them. Okay. Make you happy. Damn straight. It made you happy. Absolutely. <laughs> when I came home with a bag full of wrap themed potato chips. No, you say it, when you say wrap themed, it's not W R A P. You're talking no, about rap no, star. No, 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 I'm talking about, you know, Lil Boosie and 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 uh you know, all these great, like Migos and all these great rap stars that are known, you know, for, for their great artistry. Um, and they're pictured on the front. They're not selling chips. They're selling the rap stars. And that's the currency in that neighborhood. That is great. So, uh, But what is that pink stuff? I have wondered that. I used to see them at my, my local. You don't ask these questions. If my movie theater had those. Out, nobody reads ingredients when they're looking at a jar full of pink eggs and sausages. Yeah, but okay. It's a, it's a leap of faith. Let's put it that way. I have to ask you, did you try any of this stuff? Oh, have I you- try all the stuff. Like I came home with a bag full of wrap snacks and my son, who's 24 years old, was thrilled. Are they just potato chips? They're just potato chips, but they're very well done. They're sort of like crunchy, kettle cooked, and they have great flavors and whatnot. All right. What about the pink eggs? Have you not had a pink egg? I've not. Okay. I've, it tastes like an egg that just happens to look pink. There's no difference in it. It's just, it's all preservative, uh, sort of a holding fluid to keep it from going bad, I guess. So yes. it just tasted fine. Yeah. You know, and and I remember growing up and my, my grandmother kept a jar of pig's feet 
in the refrigerator, you know. And, really? And, oh yeah. I mean, she she was she was not you know what I would call a a food snob by any stretch. It was what made her happy. You know, the thing about it is, if you make anybody sick in your neighborhood and you run a convenience store, you're done because word will get around and no one will shop there. Um, it's a re- pretty delicate relationship. Um, but that's all impulse. Nobody goes, you know, I have to go to the post office today. I have to uh, go buy a pair of shoes and I need pickled sausage, you know. <laughs> it's it's just, uh, you know, it's all impulse and you're just feeding your emotions. And, and Lord knows I have, I have eaten my feelings more than I care to admit. <laughs> well, was there anything that surprised you? We've all seen those those pink eggs or or pig's feet. Was there anything that you, you saw? You very of? focused on the pinkness. Um <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm surprised at how much care goes into what is offered and how it varies from store to store. If you go to, say, a convenience store, like I went to one down in uh, sort of in the area of Parrish, which is in South Hillsborough, North Manatee County. You're talking about Los Primos. Los Primos. You go in there and there's empanadas that were made by hand there's fried chicken there's fried pork chops and and there it looks like uh just what you would see at a regular hot deli somewhere you know almost borderline soul food um but that's aimed at all the people who work in the fields in the agricultural areas down there right because that's sort of near a lot of tomato fields and whatever agricultural fields um you know and it and you can go in there and find um you know uh fried tilapia at some of these places you can find you know, barbecue, whatever it is that sells is what they, they offer. So, you know, I'm, I'm surprised at the variety, but also how much care they take in actually making these. Was there anything that you loved that you thought, you know what, I could make a special stop back here to pick up this empanada or whatever it was? I have to, I have to say, I, I buy it in the moment. I don't go back. Um, only because once you've seen it, it's like, you know, you, you've planted the flag on the moon. It's still going to be the moon. You might find some unique things here and there, but I, I go and I canvas pretty heavily. Invariably, I wind up leaving with a T-shirt bag full of um, uh, mementos, as it were. You know, I've got more um, uh, religious uh, emergency candles than I care to admit. <laughs> um, I like I like things that are quirky and fun and um, – you know, I don't... Uh, Some baseball caps of the different Mexican no, states. No, 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 I bought the best cap ever. And it was at Los Primos. It was, a, it was a cap with a mesh back, and it had like a wicker front to it, and then it had barbed wire around it, and then a bull, uh, the head of a bull, and then it had a rooster on it. And I'm a massive fan of roosters. I'm like, I found the holy grail of hats. This is... You can't get better than what that. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It means put it on your head and keep the sun out of your eyes is what it means. I'm sweaty today. I need a hat. You know, That's as deep as it goes. Okay. So we talked about the Make You Happy Food Mart. Yes. And then on the other end of the spectrum completely... Yes. You have um, you were in Hyde Park in South Tampa, a very upscale neighborhood, yes. and you found another convenience store. What was that one called? That one's called the Hyde Park Swan Avenue Market, and it's right there. You know, it runs east to west, and I not only look at the markets when I go, I look at what surrounds them. And, you know, there's, there's different businesses that kind of tell you a little bit about what's inside those markets, you know, based on, uh, on what you see. Uh, and this one, you know, there's residential on one side of the street, but it's a pretty busy street. It's sort of a cut through for people to get through South Tampa. Um, there's an investment firm on one corner, and then there's this grand old red brick 
school on the other side of the property line. So you know you you get a you get a sense that this is um, this is not a place that you're going to find work boots and uh, and chicharron. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a much different kind of atmosphere. And read a little bit from that. This isn't the whole entry. This was just an, this just tickled me. I thought this was funny. Okay. <laughs> so Hyde Park Swan Avenue Market. It's the kind of eclectic grub spot where four canned varieties of chilled yerba mate are purchased by people who not only know the flavor profiles of each sweetened and unsweetened variety, they enjoy sharing the beverage's 411 backstory during casual backyard Montessori pre-K birthday parties, (laughs) that yerba mate is a species of the holly genus with the botanical name Ilex parogenuus and a common name bestowed by the famous French botanist Auguste François César Provençal de Saint-Hilaire. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so what happened was I had never heard of yerba mate. I mean, I go in these things, and sometimes you find things in high end or low end that just like I don't know what that is, but it. I bet it's fun. Um, I had a, a again. I hate to go back to Los Primos, but I had a chilled beverage that had chopped up pieces of coconut in it, which would have been great, but I'm uh, the texture was just off, and I was like, I feel like I'm drinking toenails. This is not good. I should not be drinking this. I want another sip. So I go into this, and I have no idea what yerba mate is, so I look it up, and then there's all this wonderful details about um, about what yerba mate is, and I just imagined that neighborhood would be, you know, sort of, Pregnant with Montessori pre-K birthday parties and yes. people trying to uh, to brag about what they knew, you know. Very, very good. Thank so you. it's sort of your anthropological study. This very much is, so. Very much so. Through the neighborhoods of Tampa. Yeah, you know. Tampa and Tampa area. And I think the thing that, that, that I love about it is is that it's a lot, there are a lot of places that people like lock their doors and drive past. And if you get out, you will find an amazing slice of life no matter where you go in these things. Um, there's always going inside and exploring and being curious, even if it's for a minute or two, always brings you new treasure. You know? Are you, what are you going to do with all? Are you going to, are you looking at making a book? I am looking at doing nothing. I, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, to me, it's all about sort of being curious and whatnot. People have set a book. I've literally written 11 Instagram posts, and if that's the genesis of a book, I, I guess it will be. But you but know. each Instagram post, okay, to be fair, you you can swipe through like five <laughs> of these different marts. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. I yeah. guess it's just – and the little nuggets that you put on your Facebook or your Instagram are so – Well, thank you. I You know, I um, – you know, I, I put a post up uh, yesterday about the fact that I wondered where this interest came from. And uh, in talking to my, my mother, um, her name is Kitty. Uh, she'll be pleased that I mentioned her name. I, uh, <laughs> hi, Kitty. Hi, Kitty. Um, uh, in talking to her, I forgot that my great-grandfather had a market. And this was back in the 30s in Baltimore, and it was after he emigrated from Italy. And he had a market that had a, a – he was a butcher, so he had obviously butchered meats, but he also had fresh vegetables for his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then as that got successful, he made a, a hair salon for two of my aunts, and there was a nightclub for my grandmother, and um, she eventually ran it as a uh, as a strip club back in the 40s no and way. 50s. <laughs> Truth. 
And uh, and I thought, well, you know, I guess I got the heritage from the market, but I didn't get the really the strip club part. I'll take the heritage from the market part, but you <laughs> don't realize the food part you got. The food part I got. Food, food part but I you know, got. This is people making money. They got a little. They have a building. They're going to serve their neighborhood. Exactly. And they know they know their audience. They know their audience, and I'm telling you, I found one in South Tampa that um, was empty. It was like a ghost market. And it had been several markets. I looked it up online, and it had been several different incarnations, and it's empty. And if you've ever looked into an empty convenience store, it's kind of spooky because you get a sense of, well, there there was lots of products here at one time. There were people who used it here. And, you know, it's not like they all survive. You know, it's if, if you don't serve your neighborhood or you're in a bad place, um, they can go out of business. So I have much respect for – the places that um, that really understand who their customers are and what their customers want. Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, whatever it is. Oh, this has been really fun. Jeff yeah. Haug, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for wait, let's me. let people know where they can find you on Instagram. It is just Jeff Hauk, J-E-F-F-H-O-U-C-K on Instagram. Come find me. Very good. Thanks. Thank you. Look for Jeff's ebook of his convenience store explorations on his website, jeffhauk.com. Isabel Lasig is the creator of Sunday Supper Media, a network that connects social media influencers with food and wine companies seeking publicity. Brands like Certified Angus Beef, Cabot Cheese, and the Florida Strawberry Growers Association have enlisted Isabel's team to promote their products. Her own Instagram page, at Family Foodie, also has tens of thousands of followers. Getting paid to eat and post pictures of food sounds like a sweet gig, but aspiring food influencers should steer clear of the pitfalls, as Isabel explained to our producer, Delia Colon. My name is Isabel Lasik. I'm known as the family foodie and the founder of the Sunday Supper Movement. A lot of people would love to be in your position and be paid to work with food brands and be paid to go to cool restaurants and go on some of these um, food trips, for lack of a better term. What advice can you offer to someone looking to get into the social media influencer game? They've got like 100 followers. They go to a fast food place with their kids and they take a picture of their cheeseburger, but they want to do more. They want to like take it to the next level. For me, I started off as a blog and really put my heart and soul into Sunday Supper Movement. Now it's changed because back then Twitter was the place, right? So we were, you know, killing it on Twitter, but social media changed all the time. <laughs> and so you have to really think about, we had to evolve also. Today, I would say if you want to start, Instagram and Pinterest, as far as food, is the place to go, right? Because if you think about it, politics, you're still going on Twitter, sports, but how many people are really looking for recipes on Twitter now? So they're looking at Pinterest, they're looking at Instagram. I would say next step would be Facebook, but you're better off doing smaller steps, but doing them really, really well. Mm, that's a really good point because there is that temptation to post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, <laughs> Pinterest, all of the above. How could someone even begin to connect with a brand or a restaurant? How do you even go about that? So I have to say that 
there has never been an easier way to connect with people. Think about it. You could find them on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook, DM, and most will reach out to you and you know let you know if they're interested or they will give you an email and let you know who you should contact. Okay. So d- direct message just slide on into their DMs Absolutely. and take Absolutely. it from there. And I guess if it is social media then that's completely appropriate. How can people form their own sort of moral compass in terms of accepting freebies, free food, free trips, things like that without maybe watering down their personal brand because I have friends who are social media influencers, and I'll see them promoting a product, and I know they got it for free. How do I know if it's really good? That is, you know, a really, really great question. When you're first starting, I could remember the first product and the first time I was invited to go, you know, to a restaurant, and I was so excited, and I just thought, oh, this is great, and then I was invited to a resort, and, you know, so I would say, think about it. If this is something that you want to do and you want a business and you want to grow, be very, very careful. Really, really look at it as a business, right? Because if you look at it as business, you're not going to just take on whatever, cereal and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> chips, etc. And I think that the right brands now, they're really looking for content and really, really great quality. They want a brand that they align with their own product, if that makes sense. Sure. So every product isn't for everybody and you have to be okay with that. Yes. And the more you do that, the more value you will bring to your brand. Yeah, I agree with you. That would be tough when you're starting out to refuse anything. It is, but don't don't sell out. Don't sell out. Just be be yourself. Be your brand. Stay behind your mission and what you're doing, just like if you had your own company. That's good. Yeah. That's tough, but it's fair. <laughs> you talked about the importance of quality. How does one go about drafting quality copy for, say, a, an Instagram post? And also, we need to talk about taking better pictures of food. <laughs> So again, think about the quality. For Instagram, especially on the grid, you really want to try to get the best images that you possibly can and contact. What's what's the grid? <laughs> okay, so, okay, let me back up. Okay, so the grid... I'm 95 years old. What is the grid? <laughs> okay, so the grid is the front face of Instagram, and then the back face is Insta Stories. So the biggest advice that I could give is... Get the best image that you can. And you could do that on your iPhone now. I paid, oh my gosh, so much in equipment way back when. Now these iPhones, you could do a lot of it. If, you know, you do have some cameras, then, you know, by all means, go ahead and use it. But you don't have to today. You could use portrait mode. You could take amazing pictures. Now, if you look at Insta Stories, do you know what that is? Mm, For those (laughs) listeners who don't know what it is, please disclose. So that's the fun of Instagram. So save like those killer images, but then on Insta stories, expand on those. So those are the behind the scenes. And, you know, those are just, oh, look at my dog. Look at my family sitting. It does not have to be styled. It just has to tell the story about your day. And in my case, and also the clients that we work with. 
And that's a good point because people really want to connect with you. There are a lot of places where they could get a recipe, but they want to feel a connection to you. And I love seeing pictures of your food, but I equally love seeing pictures of your cute puppy. <laughs> well, thank you. But that is really, if you think about it, people want to see what everyday life is like. We're living in a society that they want to see behind the scenes and that you really are who you say you are. Any advice regarding picture? This is, okay, people order things based on what's going to look cute on Instagram. Right, So right. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. You order your food, it comes, you're in a dark restaurant. How can you get the best picture and your mouth is watering so you want to hurry up and get that picture and eat that food? How can you quickly get a good picture. <laughs> okay, so my tips would be, one, if you could take it outside, always sit outside because you're natural light, that's where you're gonna get that gorgeous portrait. <laughs> um, so that would be number one. Number two, if you cannot, you know, always try to get a head from up ahead light. So my family will tell you they are infamous for constantly having their flashlight out. <laughs> flashlight oh, yeah. app on their phone. So you need the other people eating with you to give you light from oh, yeah. their phone. Oh, yeah. That's not beneath me. Trust me. <laughs> and then I would say it's so easy. When I think back to years ago, when we had to, like, download everything and then, you know, put it through and Photoshop and everything's on your phone now. You could lighten almost anything. So play around with it. And you're always better catching that moment than missing the moment. Well, Isabel Lasik, thank you so much for these tips. And I'm going to go uh, have lunch and maybe snap a quick picture of it first. That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. That was Isabel Lasik, known online as Family Foodie, speaking with Delia Cologne. In an earlier episode of The Zest, Isabel shared the origins of her Sunday supper movement and offered advice for stress-free family dinners. You can find that conversation along with one of her family's favorite recipes, Easy Pepperoni Pizza Dip, on our website, thezestpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to The Zest. It's free and it's easy. You can search for us wherever you get your podcasts or at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Megan Trimble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.